Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to a special episode of Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and got a new guest this time. First time guest on Strictly Hoop Talk and will probably be on the Strictly Hip Hop podcast at some point as well. My man Akil Hollingsworth. Akil, how you doing man? I'm doing good man, how are you? Good, good, good. So um, Akil Hollingsworth is an assistant, a basketball operations assistant for the MSU Spartan team and uh, big, big hoops lover, big hip hop lover, so... You're yeah. perfect for the pod, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Thank you. And uh, it's always good to find another, you know, Leverage the Chat fan. <laughs> oh, here. big LTC guy. So shout out to them for yeah. everything that they're doing right now. They're making moves. So Yeah, if you guys don't know who the LTC uh, community is, they're, they're, a network, they're, they're a network that composed of former ESPN guys and, and other um, sports guys. And they, they have just like a string of podcasts. They're really dope. Um, check them out. It's Leverage the Chat. Um, they have multiple podcasts on iTunes easy to find but let's jump into the nba so we're going to start with of course the recent bucks trade um the suns traded uh the suns traded eric bledsoe to the bucks for greg monroe a protected first and a protected second round and so um real quickly the protections are for the first pick um the first round pick conveys in 2018 if it falls between 11 and 16 it will convey in 2019 if it falls between 4 and 16 and conveys in 2020 if it falls between 8 and 30. After that, it's unprotected. So one of those years it will convey to uh, to the or to the Suns. And the second round pick actually that will um, that will only convey if it falls between 48 and 60 this year. If not, it does not convey. Um, so it's a it's a it's a conditional second round pick. Um, the trade does also create a 3.38 million dollar trade exception for the Bucks. And it and it's only for the year, and they also have a five uh, million dollar trade exception that expires in February. So that's the nitty gritty details of it. So first, uh, do you want to start with the Bucks side or the Sun side of the Let's trade? Let's go Bucks because they were the winners of the trade to me for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Bucks, the Bucks clearly won the trade. Um, so let's talk about Bledsoe and how he fits with the Bucks. I mean, you and I were kind of talking about this yesterday. Um, you know. There, there's a lot of mystery. Do you start him? Do you bring him off the bench? Um, do you start him at the two and slide snow? But like, where, where is his spot with the team right now? So right now, I don't know what they're gonna do with him, honestly. But for me, I think it would be good coming off the bench just to give them a little bit more of a scoring impact and just more production there because they lost their main bench guy, who is Greg Monroe. But I think in crunch time, he'll be one of those guys that are out there for sure with him, uh, Chris Middleton, obviously Giannis, Brogdon, and uh, Henson. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that 
I think that he should come off the bench, kind of like what you and I talked about. My theory, my theory is I always want one of my first guys off the bench to be a playmaker or a play initiator. And Greg Monroe, Greg Monroe was that for the Bucks, but now that he's dealt, I like Eric Bledsoe coming off the bench as kind of a super six man, um, if you will. Because and also I just like how Brogdon I think fits better with the starters. Yeah, he does. He's a so, better starting point guard because he yeah. can facilitate and get the ball out to more people. He's not looking to really create his own offense for himself. Yeah, and so um, Bledsoe will regardless. I expect will play a lot of minutes with the starters. Um, and like you said, I think he is. I think he is absolutely one of the five guys on the four come crunch time. Um, you know, maybe, you know, at the five, though, that's that's the new question is the minutes at the five and how that goes. Um, you think they you think they start Henson? You think they um, you think they go with well, they, they're starting Henson now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you think down the stretch they go with Henson or Thon or how do you think? Does this Bledsoe uh, affect them at all? I don't think Bledsoe affects the five position as much as, well, Jabari Parker's injured right now. Right. That'll be the thing that's going to be weird. I think they're going to put him on a minutes restriction, honestly. Yeah. Because they're not really working him right now. But out in crunch time, I will think it'll be John. Maybe maybe Thon, depending if who's yeah. in foul trouble or whatever. But yeah. Thon can shoot the three, which is the one thing that they do like about him. Yeah, he does. He can't shoot the three, and Jason Kidd's rotations. I mean, good luck trying to guess yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, with with Bledsoe though, I like him. Um. How do you think? How do you think he f- he fits personally with Giannis? Because I mean, it, I mean, really, at the end of the day, that's like the that's main, the biggest question, that's the, right? The it's biggest like, question. Do you want him there with Giannis? And I think he helps Giannis out a lot because Giannis is doing so much for this basketball team right now, and he can handle it because he's twenty one. But you can lighten the load on him mm-hmm. off of him a little bit because Eric is pretty much instant offense. He can get his own shot. He can help create shots for Giannis. So I think both of them will honestly work out really well with each other. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that they're uh, that they're a nice combo. Um, I'm looking forward to see how often they use the pick and roll between the two of them. Um, that will be an interesting thing as well uh, to see if they got pick and roll chemistry. And um, he fits he fits with the Bucks need. He he's another playmaker. He can. He can slash to the basket. He's a he's a good enough three point shooter, yeah. and um and also he's a good defense, a good defender, and he's a little bit long and big for his for his position. So that fits <clears> the Bucks mo. And then speaking to the length part, the Bucks have a bunch of dudes who have like really long wingspans for all their positions. So honestly, you were making this joke yesterday, but if you took those five guys out there and they all touched hands, they could probably like yeah. touch their hands around the arc right now, honestly, because they're all really long, and defensively they just switch everything, and defensively they're going to be really good, which is a good pickup for them, I think. Yeah, I, this is a trade you do 10 times out of 10 yeah, for Milwaukee. Plus you wanted to get rid of that Greg Monroe contract anyways, yeah. so... And, and um... The only, the only, I guess you could say, downside of the trade is that they will now more than likely be luxury tax team. But you know what? This is, I mean, you can't win the title without being a luxury tax team. And also, on top of that, this is the one time, I think, where you make this move because I don't want to talk about Cleveland that much because Cleveland's getting a little bit weaker, I would right. say, because they're really old. And if there's any time to attack Cleveland, it would be right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's right now. Um, that that's the that's the interesting thing with this with this team is that um, they're kind of in a mode where they haven't had the greatest uh, they haven't had the greatest start to the year. So you you'd expect them to um, 
really go in with this Bledsoe trade and this is and kind of propel themselves to Eastern Conference elite. So the last question on the Bucks before we shift to Sun's side is um, just where does where did, how does this affect the Eastern Conference really? Because that that's what it comes down to. Because I mean, right now you know you have to. I know the Cleveland Cavaliers, which we don't want to get into, are not, are not playing at a high level. But when it comes to playoff times, we expect it's Cleveland one tier, and then everybody and it's then everybody tier, else. Right? That next tier is is Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, Washington. Yeah. How does how does how does this move affect that second tier? I honestly think if Milwaukee had a better coach, no disrespect to Jason Kidd, they'd probably be be at the top of the second tier right now. I still like Boston over Milwaukee just because Brad Stevens is Brad Stevens and he's an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. But I think a playoff series between Boston and Milwaukee in the semifinals would be very exciting to watch if that could ever happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Milwaukee play Golden State in meaning meaningful playoff games. But yeah, I th- I think that I think that this is a move as far as the Eastern Conference goes that it, it definitely improves the Bucks like we've said, but I still don't know if it separates them from that tier. Like it doesn't to me to me it it doesn't it doesn't right off the bat make them a tier above everyone. Uh, yeah, so that's another thing. Teams. A lot of people are trying to overhype this trade, and don't get me wrong, it's a good trade, but I don't think this trade is a trade that says, all right, these guys are ready to compete with Cleveland for the East Yeah, and take them to seven or six games. Yeah, to me, they're exactly where they were. Um, they're in a better position, but they're still in that same position, which is a shot at the conference finals if you avoid the Cleveland side of the bracket. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, all right, let's jump into the Sun side really quickly. So, the Suns, um, we don't really have to talk too much about their about their side of the of the trade because, um, as far as roster wise, it doesn't look like it's going to be anything. We'll get to Monroe in a second, but um, with with this move, like just the grade the overall trade for the. I, I'm not talking letter, but just your opinion. What's your opinion on the actual trade for the, for the Suns? Like, do you think this was a good haul? Do you think this was I mean, what do you, what do you think? I think because of the fact that Eric Bledsoe wanted to be gone, and now you can just solely focus on Devin Booker, yeah, and he's your future guy. It's good in that aspect for sure. But besides that, there is nothing really about this trade that said. Yeah, yeah, I agree because the, the the first round pick is so heavily protected. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's unlikely that that Milwaukee lands between eleven and sixteen this year. And it's unlikely that they land between four and sixteen next year. You know, forbidding injuries, of course. And so, twenty twenty is the year you're likely looking at that pick conveying when it's protected only eight through thirty. Yeah. So you're looking at it conveying then, and by then, you know, two more years of Giannis improving, that could be again a, a high upper twenties pick. So, exactly. Um. So I don't think that's going to be anything. I don't think that's going to be a very meaningful pick, but you know, I, at least they got a first round pick. I know they were trying to get a young player in return, exactly. but you know, they they had to do this. They couldn't keep Bledsoe till the deadline. Like, yeah, they, they couldn't, couldn't have done it. I'm they, glad they done it sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I was for for a while though. I was starting to think, are they waiting till the December fifteenth deadline? You know, yeah. But I thought that was gonna happen at first, but then they finally pulled the trigger and they made the move so yeah so um that's off to them 
yeah, hats off to them for finally making the move. Um, it's a it's a it's a good move because, like you said, they can focus on Booker. But as far as the overall return, it's it's not that much. Um, but again, their hands were kind of tied with they it being so public. It. Yeah. They so. Okay, so let's jump into the the Monroe part. So Monroe was acquired in the trade, and we didn't talk about him for the Suns because Woj reports that, Woj of ESPN, that is, reports that Monroe will likely be bought out if not traded. They're trying to trade him now to get an additional asset, but you and I both talked. We don't think he's... I just don't think anybody would be willing to give something up for him. Especially when the report comes out that if he's not bought, if he's not traded, uh, they'll buy him out. They'll buy him out, exactly. So... I guess I guess the the question with Monroe is um where do you where do you think he'll go um who do you think who do you think he needs in the most slash you know fits him best so for me an idea that I like and we talked about it last night we both agreed on was definitely the Washington Wizards yeah I think that'll be the best bet for him I don't know what their cap situation's looking like I don't know what would happen with him but Washington would be a nice pickup for them. And then the same thing would be with San Antonio, just because of the way he plays. He went to Georgetown. And yeah. He's a fundamentally yeah. solid big man. He like, can pass the rock. You can hide him on defense. Like, yeah. He'll be able to protect the rim a little bit. He'll pass and move the ball. He's solid. Yeah, I mean, if if, if Pop can make Aldridge and Gasol defensive wizards exactly. at, the, at their ages, he could, he could do wonders for Monroe. I don't... I think Pop could honestly do anything in the world. Jokic, get to San Antonio, man. Yeah, Play some Jokic. defense. Play some defense. defensive player of the year. <laughs> Literally, if he did that, I'd never question anything Pop does in his whole life. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we'll we'll save we'll save we'll save the Jokic talk for the for the Nuggets, who we'll talk about later. But yeah, with with Monroe, um, I, another idea is Boston. They can always use a big. Um, yeah. You know, so. Uh, maybe even potentially Cleveland just because Cleveland just seems to just, they don't care about fit. They just seem to be hoarding talent. Yeah, and they don't have like a real idea besides LeBron James. You make every decision when you're on the floor. Yeah. And we'll keep a whole bunch of really talented players who don't seem to fit well. But with LeBron, it's like... Yeah. yeah. As far as the real contenders go, Monroe doesn't fit with any of their rosters like Golden State, like Cleveland, like Houston. He... They, he he doesn't fit with them. I mean, the closest contender you could think of that he could fit with is San Antonio, probably, yeah. or or Washington, assuming that you know, assuming that maybe you know Cleveland is as bad as they are now, and Washington could realistically get to the finals. Yeah. In that case, so yeah, I agree. Um, I think the team that should go after him the hardest is Washington, just because they need I'm bodies. That. I'm here for it. They need bodies so bad, so they just need people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's talk some other teams around the league because uh, I haven't got, done much general talk about the NBA since the season started. So uh, let's jump into the Celtics, winners of nine straight. Uh, we're currently we're currently recording this before uh, they tip off against the Los Angeles Lakers tonight at 8 p.m. Um, so with the Celtics winning nine in a row after going 0-2 to start the season, uh, the loss to Cleveland after the traumatic Hayward injury, and then Milwaukee, right? It was the back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so with the Celtics now rebounding, winning nine straight for the first time since 2010, um, the big story here is Kyrie, you know, everybody seems to think he's just a whole nother player, but really he's, he's just trying to play basketball player and he's trying to play defense more. That's yeah. all it is. And, and you know what? I mean, so what a surprise. It's actually helping, right? Yeah. And it's funny cause he's doing like the ultimate troll job saying like, 
it's really good to play with a real coach finally in Brad Stevens. And he's just trolling Cleveland so hard. And he's really good at that. It's pretty funny to watch. But yeah, man, it, basically, I've talked to you about this before. Defense, honestly, all it comes down to is like effort. Yeah. And if you're willing to put in the effort, at least you'll be okay. Yeah. Like, you might not be the best, but like, you'll be decent. So it's like a Steph Curry thing where it's like, sure, he's not the best defender, but he's good enough to the point where he can still like keep the guy in front of him and be. Like, not a minus completely when it comes to the defensive side of the basketball. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, as far as the defensive side goes, I'm pulling up his stats right now, um, trying to find his defensive uh, his defensive rating. I just had it. Um, it was 95, I believe. Um, it, it was 95, which is by far the highest of his career at this point. Um, oh, this is game by game. Um, so... Yeah, it yeah, it's it's the highest of his career. He's playing well, but I mean, we looked at the numbers and I'm not going to read them all, but offensively it's pretty much on par with what, with what he's, he's been done. doing his whole past yeah. 3 4 years. I mean, it's 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 better, but it's a minimal. It's yeah. it's different. So, so I mean, you could say he's having yes, he is having his best overall season, but it's not it's not groundbreaking. Yeah, it's not like something that's like so much better. Yeah. yeah. And so um so he's he, I really like what I'll, I'll tell you what I like from watching him is um I like how he's playing very well with Horford. Uh that that's that seems to be a nice combination more Yeah. more more than I expected it to be. I I didn't think he would be willing to make it work just knowing who he is because it's like sure like it's like the thought of like being able to hit a step back jumper in somebody's face is like so exciting to him, and he just like loves that. Yeah. But it's like I didn't know how I'd go into like a real offensive system and like play real basketball. But yeah, man, because Horford's a really good passer, and they do run tons of sets and the Horford carry pick and roll. And he's shooting the three well, Horford. And Horford's shooting phenomenally right now. And then, like we talked about last night, it's just when when shit falls apart, Kyrie Irving can just yeah, he can just be the dude and just go get a bucket. Yeah, I mean, I I'll tell you what, it seems like it seems like this year is an all time high for Kyrie highlights. Like yeah. already, yeah, like they they've been flying around all over the place. He had a couple the other night against Atlanta. Yeah, and he was killing people. Every game, he just has these "what the fuck is going on" yeah. plays where it's yeah, just, it's just how like, how does he do... get that shot off? How does he make that finish? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the the thing that's interesting about Boston as a team is their defensive rating is ninety five point nine, which is the best in the NBA, and they have and they have Horford and Kyrie, and they have the best defensive. The, the the best defense the best defense in the NBA right now. So a lot of defense, if you don't have good defenders, is schemes. Yeah. And for schemes, you have to have a pretty good coach. Right. And by the way, they have one of the best coaches in the NBA. <laughs> so just on top of having Brad Stevens there, and it's just like Brad Stevens is out there working with Kyrie Irving as your point guard, and Al Horford as your center, and he's making defense work. So somehow, kudos, kudos. <laughs> Yeah, I think it helps by having 95, 6, 8 guys. Yeah, just a million wings on your roster that can guard multiple positions. But honestly, though, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Martin and all those guys have been developing. Very well. Very, very well, and they're all great defenders. So having those three guys out there with those two is really, really helpful yeah. for Kyrie and 
part. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it'll be it. It just makes you wonder, man. What if Brad Stevens ever, God forbid, got a rim protector? So yeah, one move if he, they, they could ever make it, if they could get like a Marcus all over there. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been talking about him. Um, another move would be uh, AD if AD could ever get over there. Yeah, just a decent rim protector, and he'd be sad. He'd be oh man, Brad seems to be in heaven. Heaven, he'd be loving life. <laughs> all right, um, let's jump. That's enough with the Celtics. Um. Let's jump. Let's jump to the Western Conference. So we'll talk about the Thunder and the Nuggets. Who do you want to dive in on first? Oh, uh, let's go Nuggets. I'm a big Jokic Nuggets. Guy. All right, big Jokic guy. All right, uh, we talked about Jokic earlier in the podcast. Um, he is, he is doing the same. I mean, he's pretty much the same guy. I, he had a slower start to the season. Yeah, he did. But he's kind of picking it back up again. Yeah, he had and that big. 40-whatever point game. Yeah, it's yeah. A 41 Yeah, 41 and, last night. 41, yeah. 12, and 5, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And um, and so he's playing, He's playing. you know, Jokic level, but as you and I talked about... Worst State, defender in the NBA. Yeah. Okay, maybe not the worst defender in the NBA, but he's pretty close to it. But, I mean, as far as, like, a starting caliber big man, that yeah. might be it. Yeah. Like, that, that might be how you preference it, is he's the worst starting, like, center in the NBA. Like... I actually want to, if, if you give I me think, a second, pull I up his numbers. I think him and Carl uh, Anthony Towns might be down in the near bottom for centers when it comes to defense, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I um, I want to pick up. I want to pick up their um, their their rim protection uh, stats, which is uh, I'm trying to find where it's oh, at Aaron on here. Aaron Baines, number one. Yeah, Aaron Baines, number, number one. one shout the, out to Boston. Shout out to Boston for Aaron Baines this having the number one defensive <laughs> rating. Sorry what I said about not having a real rim protector. I guess it's Aaron Bates. I guess it's Aaron Bates. <laughs> um, yeah. So, he is, um, wow, yeah, number number two right now overall defensive rating. Besides Milotel Dovich, which hasn't played. Yeah, how is he number one? But, yeah, yeah. Miritich, that's, uh, that's crazy. Marcus Morris in a small absence. But anyways, let's get back to the, let's get back to Nuggets and, and Jokic. So, um, how do you like so far his fit with, on the offensive side, how do you think he's adjusting to playing with Millsap? I I always thought Millsap would be good for him because yeah. he can play out in space a lot more than most other fours. So yeah. he doesn't clog the pan as much. And both of them are good passers. So mm-hmm. they'd always be able to work well with each other. And Jokic does do a lot of the like ball handling stuff for Denver as far as they just throw him the ball, then they run cuts around him, and he just finds people. Yeah. So I always knew that part would be good. But the most I thought Paul would help him with was defensively. Yeah. <laughs> and by the looks of it, it's not really. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. But overall, I mean, this was a team that was 30th and de- or 29th in defense. Defense, and they moved up to like 18, I think, when we checked. Yeah, they're 18th now as as of right now. And so, you know, near middle of the pack. I mean, and that's the thing. Defensively, you just kind of have to stay above the water. Yes. And both, basically all Denver's going to try to do is just like outgun people, right? Yeah. They're just going to try to try to outscore them. Yeah. Over their playing, so... Yeah, Denver is, I mean, last year they were a top five offense. Yeah. I think they had the second best offense to the Warriors last and year. And then, actually, though, after they put Jokic in the starting lineup, yeah, the whole that's second half yeah. of the season, they were first offensively. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the number I was I was looking for. And so, 
Um, so right now, you know, they're, they're 15th in offense. So that, to me, is the issue. Like, if they could just maintain this 18th defensive clip, then they can uh, that and, and get that offense back to, Where you know, top five. Because, I mean, it's it's always unrealistic to sit, to have a team, like, to project it, to count on a team being number one. Yeah. You know, because that's that's very hard, especially in an era where the Warriors exist. Exactly. So, um, with with that being said, though, uh, one of the things that that intrigues me about about this uh, about the the offensive side of the ball with this team is again the Jokic and and Millsap pairing, but also um, the guard play so far and just not having a real a, a quote unquote like really solid point guard. Like, yeah, um, they they could have really used Bledsoe. They could have really used Bledsoe this year for sure. Yeah, um, I mean they were trying to get him over there, but yeah, didn't work out. You you wonder if they if they I mean man they they should have they should have been able to top that package. Yeah. Do they are they still trusting in Moutier right now to somehow develop into a really solid point guard? I think that's their game plan, yeah. and then you know Jamal Murray eventually emerging. Yeah, and, you know I think they're counting on that. So. With with that being said, though, I mean, fifteenth in offense, they they got to get better in that because that their team is built to be an offensive yeah, team. Yeah, they're just trying to outgun and, people. And yeah, so that that's like that's the that's a really really interesting thing about this team. And then and then again to talk about the defense real quick, um, is as Zach Lowe broke down on his podcast is that the interesting thing about them is that they're defensively their scheme is good, but it's just. Jokic at the rim, they're shooting incredibly high percentage because Jokic is not a good rim protector. And they're actually, statistically speaking, they're forcing mid-range shots, which is the best shot to give. Yeah. You don't want to give the three and you don't want to give get the rim. Ups. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so do you think, though, with this roster, they're it, like 18th, it, 18th to 15th is their ceiling defensively? Or, or do you think they can make some improvements? I honestly think if... Jokic could somehow get a little bit better defensively if they like creeped up into yeah. like 13 to 10 like that could probably be their ceiling and then offensively still be a top five team yeah I I agree I think I think Jokic just has to not be abysmal yeah and and, and things will things will completely like come to get and I think that could take the defense up a whole another step yeah because they have enough good wing defenders out yeah. there with Gary Harris um Moutier, Jamal, all those guys out there. Yeah, right now it feels like it feels like right now they're maximizing with the level of Jokic. Like, yeah. I f- it feels like their ceiling can't be much higher than 18th with yeah. with Jokic playing the way. Especially because you need him out there for so many minutes. It's like even though he gives you mm-hmm. all these crazy stat lines offensively, he's still giving up like. 20 and 10 a night on the other side of the basketball. Exactly. And so and he's not making it a top 5 offense which is which which was last yeah. year it's making it worth it. But it's still no time to panic. They're 6 and 5. Um so they're still like 70 games to play. So. Yeah. Exactly. So they still got they still got 71 games left. They're playing uh, they just got to improve offensively. That to me is is the interesting thing about them. And their 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 uh, net rating is is pretty much neutral. It's minus point one, so it's about as close to neutral as can be. Exactly. So it shows you know overall they're playing about five hundred basketball, which is what I thought they would be. Yeah. So what's their cap on them in the playoffs? Do you think? Um, I mean it always of course always depends on matchups, but I I seriously. I don't see this team. I'll let. I don't see this team out of the first round. I really don't. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I like this team, but, I mean, in the playoffs, when you get to game plan against a top five offense, like, you can knock it down to a to yeah. a to a top ten offense yeah. in terms of quality, and then all of a sudden, if you're a top ten offense and a top twenty slash worse defense, then it's it's going to be over. So. Yeah. So my thing is, if they could get a real point guard, and if Jokic doesn't play like Ole defense, and he just like tries, yeah, then they yeah. have some, they could start building towards a future there for sure yeah i i agree i think the only way they can they can maintain uh or like or compete in the first round is if they get a four or five matchup um with a team like uh with a team like i mean i would pick them to win against san antonio but san antonio has their has their playoff problems or or if somehow utah overachieves it gets the four seed yeah. so that's really like the only way i could see them yeah I can sure. see them doing anything. So um, let's jump to the Thunder then. Uh, the Thunder, uh, they're overall second in defensive rating, which is very intriguing and, and promising. Uh, but they are 22nd overall in offensive rating and fifth overall in net rating. So even though they are, what is their current record? I want to um, get that right. Give me a second here. Um, they are, let's see here. Oklahoma City Thunder. They are four and six. They're four and six, but they're fifth in net rating. They've lost a lot of close games. Yeah. They lost that one to Wiggins, and uh, they hit that. He hit that crazy butter, crazy uh, butter buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. <laughs> I keep saying butter. Tongue twister. Yeah, he had that crazy buzzer beater. He. They just lost a close one last night. I'm pretty sure who they play last night. Uh, last night, oh damn, I, I don't remember offhand, um, I'm drawing a blank here, I'll look that up, but anyways, keep going. Yeah, they just, lo- they just lost a lot of close games, and it's also them trying to figure out an offensive rhythm, because they're bringing in three ISO guys, so once they figure that out offensively, they'll, they'll be fine, and defensively, they always knew they'll be fine, because Paul George is a great defender, and they have Steven Adams down there, who's one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. Yeah. So as long as you have a decent wing guy and a good rim protector defensively, you'll always be fine. And, and it was Sacramento, by the way. That's what that's, that's what it was. That's what caught my eye. I was yeah. like, damn, that's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why we have them as a team we're talking about. Because yeah. you know, you don't often lose to Sacramento in twenty seventeen. Exactly. So with that being said, um defensively I like what you said. You know, they have one of the best rim protectors in Adams. They have Robertson. George, George Westbrook, when he engages, can be a, yeah. a, a good defender. So and Melo is playing okay defensively. Exactly, like, but if you have Robertson and Paul George and Steven Adams out there all together defensively, it's good enough. <laughs> but then offensively on the other side of the basketball, yeah. when you have Robertson and Steven Adams out there, and Robertson can't hit a corner three to save his life, yeah, that's where that awful that's, offensive rating comes into play. That's exactly where I wanted to jump in. So. We kind of talked about this before the pod, but the interesting thing to me is, again, you're right. With the, They're so good defensively because they have Adams and Roberson. But offensively, what do you think is a ceiling for, for a team that has Roberson and, and Adams offensively? Honestly, I think if my ceiling would be definitely for them conference finals in the West and then them just losing to Golden State, or they could somehow find a way to do some type of a small ball thing where they 
keep Robertson in there and then they just throw another wing out there and they just play five out. Yeah. Which would be different to see. But yeah, offensively, you're not cutting it when you have Steven Adams. They can't be more than like fifteenth, right? Yeah. So. But also they don't give up that many points either. So yeah. they kind of washes at that position anyways. Yeah. I mean if you're second if you're second in one category and you're middle of the tier, middle of the pack in another which they're not now. They're they're abysmal. They're twenty second. Yeah. But if they could get to middle of the pack, which they certainly can, because yeah. they have three great isolation scores, and and George and Mello and and Russ, especially especially George is, is of the three the best like system player. So um so I could see I could see them notching it up to seventeen fifteen. Uh, maybe even maybe even like thirteen like beyond uh beyond the midway mark. And if that's the case, and you have a second, uh, the second best defense, then you have a shot at really being a good team and exactly. being a conference finals. Like they just said. have to figure out offensive stuff, and they'll be fine. They have, what did we say, seventy more games to figure it out. Yeah, figure out what's going to happen offensively, and the defense will still be there. So yeah. I'm not worried about them that yeah. much. Yeah, I'm. I'm encouraged that a defense with Melo is second in the league. Um, yeah. So, so that to me, that to me was was oh, defense was always going to be their calling card from the jump. So the fact that they've that they haven't dropped off that much from the mellow trade, uh, you know, I mean, you could say they really haven't dropped off at all, being the second best defense in the league. Exactly. So, um, so over overall, uh, with the offense, I just want to get into this with 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 the Thunder, and then we'll and then we'll get out of here. Um, with their offense, how how do you see them? How do you see them improving? Like how do we talked about them needing to improve, but how do they how do they do? It? Is it just more time with the stars coming together. I just think it? it's the same thing happened to um, Golden State last year in the beginning. It was, they had some rough patches trying to figure out what's going to happen with everybody. But once that happens, they'll be a lot better for sure. And it just kind of it's kind of sucks because Russ always likes to run high pick and roll, and you kind of have Melo sitting in a corner waiting, and then you have Paul George sitting on the other side waiting for the basketball. You have to find ways to make sure everybody's involved, for sure, for them to actually be uh, top offense again. I agree. I agree. So, all right, Akil, it was great having you on the podcast, man. man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Why don't you go and uh, plug yourself on Twitter, let them know where to find you. (laughs) Twitter plug. Um, At Akil, HH on Twitter. That's the same thing for my uh, Instagram uh, A-K-H-I-L, and then no spaces, H-H. There you go, there you go. And you guys know where to find me, I hope. Um, that's at Real Chris Platty on Twitter. That's C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. If this is your first time listening, <laughs> if, you, if this is your first time listening, don't get offended. That's my catchphrase, follow anyways. But, Akil, it was dope having you on the podcast, man. Definitely got to have you back on soon. Thanks for having your- me on, man. Yeah, was this your first podcast? Uh, first podcast. I've done some stuff for Impact on their okay. just radio stuff, but first podcast. Yeah, first and podcast. It's been fun. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you on. So, all right, this has been some strictly hoop talk. See you guys later.